0: Hello and welcome to the Early Careers Insights podcast. This series focuses on the Solicitor Apprenticeship programme. If you're listening for the first time, my name's Ria and I'm a second year Solicitor Apprentice here at Mishkon Today's guests are Emma, one of our early careers assistants, and Muzumal, a first year Solicitor Apprentice. We're going to be speaking about the application process for Solicitor Apprenticeships and sharing some top tips for each stage. So Emma, I think it'll be good to start off with explaining the application process.
1: Yeah, of course. So we generally break it down into three stages, I would say. So you firstly have the application form. That's an online application form that applicants need to access via the website and then complete all the kind of different parts on there. You're required to put in your personal information, such as your name and contact details, then your school, any grades or predicted grades, and following on from that, You'll be able to put in any work experience opportunities that you've been involved with. There's a section for activities and achievements. And the last part of the application form is a set of questions that the applicants are required to write their answers to. Following on from that, generally we would have a video interview stage, which is, as it suggests, a video interview, but they are pre-recorded. So there'll be questions that the early careers team have put together that the candidate is given and then they'll have like a a minute or a minute and a half to prepare their answer and then the recording will start and then they can give give us their answer. And then following on from that is the assessment centres. So people might have heard of those before. Generally, they are where the candidates get an opportunity to come into the firm. We set them up some assessments throughout the day, maybe an interview, a group assessment, things like that.
0: Okay, so let's dig deeper into these three stages
1: then. From an early careers point of view, what makes a standout application form? It's a good question. I would say a complete application being one of them. And I think that might sound obvious, but (laughs) to some it isn't. People sometimes struggle with understanding that although they might not have legal work experience, any non-legal work experience is equally as valuable. And I think Putting everything down that you've been involved with throughout school, outside of school, any kind of extracurricular things that you've been involved with are all basis for an application and very relevant. So, yeah, I think it's important to consider when applying that although you might have put your two legal work experiences down and left the rest blank, there will be candidates who have also got those two legal work experiences, but they've been able to fully complete the form by adding non-legal work experiences. I'd also say that as part of the application form, we're looking for people's levels of motivation, their attitude, their ability to be proactive and have a strong work ethic. So I think thinking about things that show that you've committed to something, be it a sport, an extracurricular activity, shows that you're able to commit to something such as the six-year program, obviously, as a Solicitor Apprenticeship. I'd also say making sure that it's been proofread is really important. Again, it sounds like another minor thing, but you'd be surprised about the amount of applications we get with the spelling Mishcon, which is incorrect. And I just think that's such a fundamental thing for people to make sure that they've spelled correctly and to get someone else to read your application because you can get very used to reading it through and you might not be seeing mistakes that are present that someone else will pick up on. So getting a second pair of eyes on it would be really beneficial to people.
2: I found that if you don't have someone who, who for example, can help you by actually reading your application for you, something you can do is like copy the text that you wrote, then put it into like, Google Translate or an audio speaker, and then they repeat it back to you and it'll be much easier to pick up on any misspellings or grammatical mistakes. I'd also say that making sure you've made it
1: unique to Mishcon. Obviously, I think it's something that we we touched on more so in one of the other episodes, but We always say, if we can take Mishcon out and replace it with another firm's name, does it still make sense? And if it does, it's likely that it's maybe been copy and pasted or it's not quite got the uniqueness that we're looking for in terms of keenness to work here and that kind of interest and drive for us specifically. In terms of showing motivation and drive, mentioning things such as listening to this podcast or reading our website really shows that people have gone out of their way to find out about us they've not just gone on the the website and read the first thing that's come up they've done a bit of digging and they've engaged with some of the content that we've got on there
0: yeah I remember when I was applying the important thing for me was like mentioning maybe like historic cases that Mishcon had been in because I guess that just shows a bit more of you actually going fully into the website looking at the different department pages rather than talking about the culture in general Because I guess you can say that about a lot of different other law firms. But when it comes to the cases, it's very Michigan specific. Exactly. Emma, you mentioned people could write about their non-legal work experiences. How is it best to talk about these on the application form?
1: So I think this is where the transferable skills point comes in. Because although it's not directly related to the legal industry, you've definitely picked up skills that will help you within this apprenticeship. So if you think about the job description that's there for the apprenticeship and the skills that we're looking for, it's easy to draw those lines between the work experience you've gained and the skills that you've gained and therefore how you can use those if you are to be successful.
2: I was just wondering like, if an applicant was able to make a really unique link between one of the non-legal work experiences and you know, have that sort of link towards another unique skill. I think that would stand out more from the applicant's perspective and your recruiter's perspective, would it not?
1: Yeah, and I think it just shows that
2: little bit of initiative, that they're not afraid to
1: speak about things that aren't directly related to law, and I think that shows willing and it shows enthusiasm. So if we can kind of move away from the application form and talk a bit about
0: the video interviews, do you have any top tips, like maybe dressing smartly or anything like that?
1: Yeah, definitely. You can really do a lot of prep with the video interviews, which some people might not think to do because you're not having to get yourself into an office and all those sorts of things that you would normally do for a face-to-face interview. So like you say, dressing smartly and appropriately, making sure that you're in a room that you're not going to be disturbed in there's been countless videos in the past that I've had to kind of assess and you can hear people in the background or you can see people in the background and it's not only a shame for the candidate but also it's so off-putting for them and for us as assessors as well if you can see things going on in the background it's a, it's a big distraction.
2: If someone didn't for example have access to a quiet space where they can record these video interviews what do you recommend that they do? I would recommend maybe trying to find
1: somewhere within school. Um, I've had a lot of applicants in the past that are clearly in a classroom that's not being used or maybe just a quiet room at school. Family members, if if they've got a room that they can kind of give you for, for half an hour, I think that's another idea that people can use.
0: I know when I was doing the video interviews, we kind of had a section of the time where we can prepare for the question and then the recording would take place.
1: What do you recommend for someone if they're not sure about the question that's being asked? Part of the, the prep could be to think about some questions that you might be asked. We're not there to trick people out. They are very common questions, I would say, that are likely to come up in an interview. So if you've kind of done your prep, you've got a few questions and answers ready, or at least in your mind, then I think that would lessen the chances of that happening. If it happens on the spot, I think all you can do is do your best. I think some of the candidates that stand out for me are the ones that have clearly not quite understood or they might not quite have an example ready but they've they've shown that they're resilient and they can think on their feet and do their best and at least come with an answer and use the time effectively rather than kind of giving up. I've had candidates give up before and it's such a shame because they've done so well on the first question and then you can see they've they've just lost it on the second and They've kind of just waited for the time to finish.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess that's kind of the whole point of the video interviews. You don't get massive time to prepare because they want to see how you do under the time pressure and how you kind of collate yourself to answer the questions and present yourself in
2: a well manner. Mm-hmm. Do you want to add anything, Muslim? If you do get a question which you haven't, for example, got the absolute 100% understanding of, it gives you a unique opportunity to be able to like show your own personal thinking, I think. like For example, if you ask something like, show me a leadership skill, right? A lot of people give a very similar answer to that. But if you get something which gives you more leeway to put in, I don't know, your own idea or your own thinking, I think candidates should think of it as an opportunity to use a like, 1 minute 30 to answer their question in a way which is very specific to you and will make your application stand out. Yeah. So Mizuma, is there anything else you think candidates can do to prepare themselves? Normally you expect an interview to be with another person actually speaking to you, but when you're in a video interview you're like speaking to a robot almost, and it can be quite daunting. But for that I'd advise there are lots of resources online which you can refer to and try to practice to understand how it feels to maybe not be talking to a person, but like just talking about yourself. I think another thing that candidates might want to do might be Practicing with maybe family members where they actually record the questions and then make like a format where they're just, I don't know, videoing themselves and they hear those questions and try responding to them. So, moving on from the video
0: interview, after you've been successful from the video interview, you would be invited to an assessment centre.
1: Emma, what does that involve? So, there's a variety of things really that we test for in the assessment centres. We're looking obviously to meet the candidates to see how they present themselves, how they communicate with others. And we do that through a variety of different kind of tasks and tests, I suppose, throughout the day. So there might be an interview involved, they might have to take part in a group assessment where they meet with other candidates and they're given a brief, some time to kind of work as a group and then they're assessed afterwards. So an example of one that we did previously was a client meeting so the candidates were given a brief with some information on the case and then they met with some assessors who took the role as clients. The clients asked questions to the candidates and the candidates kind of presented their feedback. There might also be some office tasks involved whereby we test attention to detail and time management. So there's a real variety and we hope that although it's it might be quite a daunting experience, it's also an enjoyable one for candidates.
0: Yeah. From my assessment centre, I remember, so mine was online because it was during COVID. And I remember I I felt like I wasn't doing quite well in my assessment centre just because there was a lot more people that was outspoken and they were participating more. And coming out of that, I thought I hadn't done well. So what do you look for in the assessment centres? Like, How do you want people to come across?
1: A lot of it is about balance. So the variety of tasks that we do. Aims to give everyone a fair chance. So obviously, we understand that group assessments can be really daunting for some people. Some people thrive in that situation. And that is all taken into consideration when we're obviously reviewing candidates afterwards. And likewise, with people being overconfident and speaking over people and not giving other people a chance, they are obviously things that we wouldn't interpret favorably. So I think coming as yourself, being confident to a certain degree making sure that you're displaying good teamworking skills and just having a little bit of faith that you've got just as much chance as everyone else in the room I think sometimes it can be quite daunting when you finally meet with your competitors as it were because up until this stage you haven't met anyone else in the process it can be a real knock of confidence for some and um, I think it's important to not forget that you've earned your place as much as everyone else has so just keep that in the back of your mind and don't let each stage of the day get to you. So once you've completed one stage, forget about it. It's, it's over and done with. You've done your best. Move on to the next one and put your best foot forward.
2: Yeah. I also think on the note of considering yourself against other applicants it can be a very messy position to put yourself in because within a firm or any organization, you'll see people from all sorts of different backgrounds, all sorts of characteristics and all sorts of personalities. So the assessment center is almost like a sample of that environment. And How you feel that day, like there may be some people who, I don't know, like talk a lot for the session and you don't get to say as much, but you need to think of how you would act when you were in a law firm, for example, or any work environment and how you would cope with that, because that is something that you're going to have to experience when you enter any professional environment. And in terms of tips, you need to like create opportunities for yourself to speak. So if someone is talking a lot of the time, You just need to be like, oh, and I also think, or if you don't mind me adding on and yeah, just try to imagine it has like a real life environment where you'd have to deal with that kind of circumstances. Yeah,
0: no, I completely agree with you. I think it's also important to note that just because someone's talking a lot, the quality is more important over the quantity. And if you feel like you're not talking a lot, but the things that you are saying are very meaningful, then you're doing it completely right. And I wouldn't worry. I think that's how I felt in my assessment centre. I thought I wasn't talking as much, but I do think when I was talking, it did relate and it was relevant.
1: I've got a question for you guys. It would be interesting to hear about your experience of our application process and something that you enjoyed, because obviously we've spoken a lot about people being nervous and it being a daunting process. And I think it's also important to focus on The good stuff and what people can learn from these processes. So yeah, what did you enjoy most about the process? The part that I enjoyed about the
0: application process, hard to believe that it was probably the assessment centre, just because it was the first kind of face-to-face contact that we would have with the firm, because there's so much you can read up about it. But it was nice to see the people that were involved in the assessment centre, the culture of Mishcon coming through that. Because, you know, you read that it's, it's a really nice culture and it's really diverse. But when you actually come to the assessment centre, you meet the early careers team. I think we meet some of the fee earners as well. They do different sessions. So for
1: me, that was really enjoyable just to see the website kind of come to life. And I think it's also that thing of it being a two-way process. So, OK, you are candidates and you're being assessed and you're applying to us. But also, you've got to make sure that we're the right fit for you. I always remember when I was applying for university, I came through a very different route, I've not got a legal background at all, but I went to one of the universities and they were doing a talk and the uh, presenter said, Oh, it's about getting the right student in the right university and the right fit and it, it struck something with me because I thought, actually, it is and I was applying for unis that obviously I was keen to go to, but equally when I was going to some of the open days, I was thinking, Oh, I don't know if that sits right with me. I don't know if actually I would fit in here and I think it's easy to forget when you're a candidate that it is equally a two-way process and you've kind of got a say in whether or not at the end of it you feel like we're the right fit.
2: Yeah. Up until the assessment centres, you have no real opportunity to understand exactly what kind of place you're working with, what the people there are going to be like. But once you hit the assessment centre, I think one of the most exciting phases was actually working on the case study and talking to a Fiona because you get to sort of have a sample of what you might be doing within the law firm and across your solicitor apprenticeship. And that gives you the opportunity to determine whether this kind of thing is what you might like envision yourself doing, because it is a very big commitment. And the opportunity to be able to see the type of people you'll be working with, the type of work you might be doing, and sort of how you fit into that sort of environment is invaluable. And At such a young age, you really do want to be able to have as much information as possible before proceeding to make what can be a very big decision.
0: So just to round things off, Ms Amel, what advice would you give to your younger self applying
2: to the Solicitor Apprenticeship? Some things which I recall that I could have done better would have been to sort of be more natural in some of the stages, like the interviews process. Because I'd had quite a bit of experience in answering some of the questions, it can come across as a bit robotic, I suppose, and maybe taking that into consideration beforehand and trying to make it come across a bit more uniquely, that might have been something nice. And also another thing is really like manage your time well, because we have to acknowledge that the time frame in which people are applying to these listed apprenticeships It's actually like you've got a lot going on. For me personally, I remember one of the days where I had an assessment centre, I actually had a mathematics mock exam right after. So you've got a lot going on and you need to consider how to make the time for yourself to really prepare yourself. Because first of all, there is a lot of opportunity to prepare yourself for these applications. I wouldn't say it's incredibly time pressured because I remember there's like one month almost between each stage. And for me, on reflection, perhaps making even more usage of that one month and making sure that, I do know, I do more practices with my family or my friends or maybe do a bit more intricate research into the firm, it might have been like beneficial. But at the end of the day, like time is limited and, you know, when you're in year 13, <laughs> you've got a lot going on. So don't put too much pressure on yourself. Try to space out your preparation as best as possible and hope for the best. If things don't work out, they don't. And you always have another opportunity to try again. So
0: thank you to Emma and Ms Amel for their time and thank you for listening. Just a reminder that the application dates for the apprenticeship programme can be found on the website where you can also find further information. And please do make sure you tune in to the other episodes in this series.